Interested in becoming a travel agent yourself and helping others plan their next Disney vacation? Interested in learning more about Surge 365? How to get paid to travel, make $1,000 bonuses, or just simply want to book your next Disney vacation with Disney professionals? Well, Dream Makers at Two Tickets to Paradise Travel are ready to help you make your wish come true. Contact travel at Two Tickets to Paradise.net. Don't dream your life. Live your dreams. Have an idea, question, or want to share your experiences on the show? Contact Nick and Dave anytime. Email them at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. Text them at 407-674-0414. Follow Nick and Dave on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Simply search for Mousecapades Podcast. Listen to Nick and Dave on iTunes, Podcast Addict, TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher Radio. Simply search for Mousecapades Podcast. Now, from the Mousecapades Studios, here are your hosts, Nick and Dave. Boy, am I glad, Dave, to finally be out of school. How about you, man? The long haul is over, and now we can look forward to a couple of months. Yeah, I know. The school year went by so fast. I, I was, Dude, that last month in May, I tell you what, I didn't think it was ever going to end. Actually, that stretch from from spring break all the way till now, I didn't think school was going to go or was, couldn't go fast enough. Man, I tell you what, my kids' brains were just checked out at the door. But I have to be honest, and I, and I know you, you probably agree here, so was mine. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we had map, we had state testing to go through, so uh, we stuck with it as long as we could. We tested at the very end of the testing window, so we had a week after school, or a week of school after testing ended. So we went all the way up to the end. Yeah, boo you doing those state testing stuff. Uh, I tell you what, because they during that time period they had shrunk the bandwidth that the school could use, and so I could not play my Disney movies anywhere account online at the very end of school every day. The last 10 minutes of the day, I pull up my account, and we watch Disney movies, so Disney, please don't sue me. Anywho. Um, it's just what you want to tell the general public, is that every day know, you watch right? a Disney movie. <laughs> <laughs> all, I have to see, all I have to say is thank God for no snow days this year, because oh otherwise my. we'd still be going to school. I know, but uh, yeah, you know what? I, reflecting back on this, this year, I had a great group of kiddos. I know you did too. They absolutely just enjoyed learning. I miss them already. I just want to give a couple shout-outs because I know they're listening. Charlie, I know you're listening, buddy, so I just want to give you a shout-out. Have a great summer, buddy. And also, Emma. Emmers. Have a great summer, hon, and uh, good luck. Yeah, the whole Lang family because I had the sister Hannah in my class, so good luck to both of them. So this is episode 13, Dave, you know, and last week we talked about how we were going to do things a little different. So today's episode is special, and what are we hitting the listeners up with, Dave? So this week, we are going to be kicking off a new type of episode. When we talked about format of our show, we are going to be uh, talking about news and rumors one week a month. So we scan the web looking for all of the Disney community news and rumors out there and just kind of kick them around and see what we can come up with between the two of us. Outstanding. You know what, Dave? Take me back, buddy. We're traveling backwards in time. Right now, we're leaving the world of today behind. So if your imagination is ready... Here we go. So kicking off this week in Disney history, we're going May 24th, 1965. This is the birth date of John C. Riley, who is the voice of Wreck-It Ralph. That cartoon was brilliant, by the way. Completely underrated, I think. Totally agree. I want to see more Wreck-It Ralph stuff in the parks, people. 
So the uh, trailers came out, and I was so excited to see this movie because they the trailer on the commercials was always uh, themed out to that fun song, uh, Some Nights I... You know that song? Keep singing it. Some nights I something some cashing in my bad luck. <laughs> That's awesome. I can't remember the words. This is a couple years ago. Anyway, I go to the theater with my daughter thinking that we're going to see that song prevalent throughout the whole movie, and it didn't make an appearance at all. Not at all. I know. I know exactly what you're talking about, and it didn't play. That happens a lot, though. Yeah, So, but still, I think totally underrated movie. And, Dave, what am I holding up right now? That would be Wreck-It Ralph. My Wreck-It Ralph figurine, yes. Is that from Disney Infinity? Love that, love that cartoon. It is, yes. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so next day, May 25th, 1986. This is the last day to hear the original narrator of Spaceship Earth. His name was Lawrence Dobkin. So then Lawrence Dobkin was then replaced by, an, by a legend. I mean, if you're going to be replaced, you might as well be replaced by a legend. He was replaced by, by Walter Cronkite. And then the current narrator is Judy Dench, the British woman. You know when you go through and she's got the British accent? Yep, yep, yep. All right. May 26, 2006, pretty recent in history. This would be the world premiere of Cars, the movie. Uh, They premiered it at, guess, it's the movie is called Cars. Right. Daytona? Close. You're real close. It It was at a racetrack, Lowe's Motor Speedway in North Carolina. Okay. Yeah, that was cool. So, yeah, they opened up a, a racetrack to, to do the movie premiere. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that movie had to grow on me, Dave. The first time I saw it, I, I wasn't too, too sure about the movie. But uh, the more times I, I sat down to watch that movie, the more it grew on me. So all the legends that are in that movie, all race car legends and actor legends and just personalities, uh, were out at the Speedway that night to, for the world premiere on 2006. And remember... If you're not first, you're last. That's right. All right. <laughs> All right. Ow. May 27th, 1933. We go to the extremes from recent to far, far away. But this is a classic here. This was the debut release of Silly Symphonies, The Three Little Pigs. One of my all-time favorite Silly Symphonies. I have watched it with my kids at school, and they absolutely love it. They love the old stuff, the Silly Symphonies. Honestly, Dave, more than the new stuff. It really keeps their attention. It just grabs them. Really? So back in the day when I was little, the Three Little Pigs and the Big Bad Wolf were pretty prevalent in the parks. And uh, I have an old photo of myself with the Big Bad Wolf. (laughs) That's so cool, man. Bring them back. And once you get that song in your head, you can't get it out. That who's afraid of the Big Bad Wolf. The Big Bad Wolf. The Big Bad Wolf. You just want to whistle. So it's a singing episode tonight, listeners. (laughs) All right, moving on. We've got May 28th, 1966. This was the debut of the best attraction at any Disney park ever. I I don't know, man. I know 1966 was a good year. At least my father-in-law tells me that all the time. You could pull up in a van and have a bed in the back, and it was acceptable. (laughs) I've heard you say that before. All right, so uh, this was the debut of It's a Small World. Of course, man. Opened in 1966 on May 28th. Um... So I've got all kinds of stats about it. Um, you know, 297 animated children, 233,000 gallons of water to run the course. Of course, the uh, theme song was written by the Sherman Brothers, legends in their own day. Yep, of course. So, uh, and then here's kind of an interesting note about that was 48 years later, in 2014, the Seven Dwarves Mine Train opened. To the day. How many years later? 48. Huh. To the day. 
And then we've got two more days in this week. Uh, May 29th was pretty weak. As far as history goes, the best thing we came up with here was it was the release of Disney Pixar Up. Excellent movie, too. That movie didn't get the recognition it deserved. My wife and I, last year when we were at the parks, we just tried finding some memorabilia of that cartoon up. Our child loves it. We absolutely love it. You know what? You can't find anything. The only thing you can find, and actually the only thing that's in their system at the parks, is the grape soda pin. Oh, and you really? have to you have to order it. You can't even buy it there at the park. So it's in their system, but they can order it for you and ship it to you. It was so disappointing. Really? You'd think they'd at least have like the badges and all of that that, that he got. You yeah, you're absolutely right, especially with the trading pins and stuff like that. They could really sell badges. You you bring up a good point. Uh it didn't the excuse that we got, you know, the rationale was that it, it just didn't make money, so Disney didn't see the need of putting, you know, memorabilia out in the parks because since the movie didn't make money, they didn't think that the merchandise would make money either. Yeah, good flick, though. All right, and then uh, May 30th, rounding out the week, 1967, preparations begin for the Florida Project. Uh, the, the draining of swampland, the clearing of all the land, removing all the trees, uh, this was the day that they started the work. And you know, you know what, you know, else why, you know, 1967 was a, a great year. Why's that? Oh, because you could pull up in a van and have a bed in the back and it was acceptable. <laughs> Even though it was a year later, it's still yes. acceptable. Still yeah, acceptable. All, okay. All of the 60s, man, doesn't matter. Awesome. Uh, so this project took 1,584 days and $400 million to build Disney World. Uh, it's funny, you, bring, you said $400 million? $400 million. $400 million. Okay, because we're going to bring that up later on in our podcast. If I had that, I'd build it in my backyard. And I'd be there every single day. That's all we have this week in Disney history. Okay, Mousecapaders, like Dave said earlier, you know, in this episode, we're basically talking about Disney news and rumors. So, Dave, I want to kick us off first with a heated story coming out of Disney, and it, and it has to deal with layoffs and foreigners. Really, a labor force issue. Yes, a labor force issue. Um, now, look, searching online on the internet and looking at the news, I came across this story, and it's a story of basically Disney bringing in foreigners and laying off the current employees in specific jobs. Now, now, the article that I read, it went on to state that Disney wanted to head uh, in a new direction. Okay, so that's, that's fair. Okay, Disney wants to head in a new direction. I get it. They want to grow. You have to change to stay in a competing market. Um, well, the way they handled it, I have to disagree sort of, Dave. And I know you saw this article as well, right? Yeah, I read a little bit about it anyway. Okay. So basically what you have here, you have a whole bunch of IT guys, okay, throughout the whole day. Uh, and this went on from, like, check-in to check-out. They had – Disney had separate conference rooms set aside. And throughout the whole day, uh, various IT individuals would get receive a phone call. And the phone call stated, please report to conference room – such and such okay so you imagine yourself sitting in your cubicle or wherever it may be and you're working for disney and you get a phone call uh mr dave please report to conference room a you think nothing of it right you head out you're on your way 
you get there and you're in a room filled with other people, other IT individuals. And you have a guy who comes on stage and seriously reads from a script. Now, this is coming from the article explaining uh, the account of an actual IT individual explaining what he witnessed and went through. Okay, so he, he walks in, this guy walks on to the stage, reads this script, and says, Disney's heading in a new direction, and basically you're laid off. We're replacing you. Now, okay, so. Uh, yeah, th- I guess that happens with every company. That happens, right? But yeah, just, I mean, maybe not to that extreme, though. Right? No, I understand. You're you're pretty much given like 30 day notice or something like that, right? Sure. Okay. All right. So the the worst part is it doesn't it gets it gets worse, Dave. The people that are replacing them are the individuals that they trained just days and weeks before. Mm, so they trained them and then they fired them? So, like, in some cases, this did happen. They trained these foreigners the day of. Okay, some of them actually met the person uh, that they were being replaced by the day of. They spent the day training these individuals. They were told to report to a conference room, and then they were like, yeah. That's like that scene from Lean On Me, the movie where, the, where they get all the bad kids in the school up on the stage, and the principal <laughs> yes. says, you've all been expelled. Dude, that is horrible horrible right so you know this came from a reliable source and an actual individual that was there in the room that was actually laid off i I always thought no matter where you're from i thought you had to have a 30-day notice right yeah maybe that's i mean i'm not in the workforce it's required something like that it's like you're off at the end of the year if you get fired i guess in my oh yeah that's true in our profession yeah yeah you you might you might not just come back, or you're given like a no notice at all. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So I don't know. I thought you were given a 30-day notice, but in this article, it went on to state that they were just replaced by the people they just trained. So the article just went on to say that you know they were replaced by individuals they just got done training. It's very sad. Yeah, that's horrible. Um, but Disney's got that history of just letting people go spur of the moment like that. Back in the dark days, um, I heard that the animators would come into work and they would literally find the pink slip on their desk and. Um, some people even think that that's where that term pink slip comes from, from when the animators were just getting let go like crazy because business at Disney was dropping like crazy as far as animation goes. Now you're talking about like in the 80s? Uh, before that even, like right after the era of Mary Poppins and all that. Right. Um, I think it was maybe – I don't want to say exact dates because I'll probably be wrong, but I, uh, I watched this documentary about the history of Disney animation, and, and there was a time period where – the the cast of animators at Disney and uh, went from like a couple hundred down to like thirty. Wow! Just think of all of Disney animation being just thirty members. That's nuts. But that's how they did it. They just the guys came in one day and boom, sorry, you've been let go. Okay, so let's head over to the rumor mill of Cars Land. Now, this is a topic that has been brought up through the years. Ever since Cars Land or Radiator Springs was built in Disneyland, the rumor has been that Disney World's going to get their very own Radiator Springs. Now, you and I have talked about this. We're on polar opposites when it comes to this issue and this debate. I feel that uh, Cars Land, Radiator Springs, should come to Walt Disney World, but you actually disagree and you think that it should stay in Disneyland. If you want to see it, go travel out there, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, there's some. there are certain things that I strongly believe they're like a mecca. You go there, and you have to experience it. And they did it so well out there in California that 
just, I mean, they could redo it in Florida, but then it kind of cheapens California. You know, like California, it's it's a smaller park. They don't have a ton of things going besides like the historical factor of this was the first place. You know, this is where the magic began. But um, that kind of attraction just can turn. Well, it did turn around the whole California adventure experience, in my opinion, because that park, you know, they had to completely reimage the whole thing. Um, in the early 2000s and then you know it's seen a resurgence since cars land started up so um you know a lot of people like like you're on board with the with the train of thought that if they bring that to one of these parks like hollywood studios then that could be revived and it could just take care of the whole thing but i just think that there's so many other possibilities out there that just leave cars land the way it is and let it be original yeah i, I see your side i i really do but you know what? It's cheaper to fly to Florida than it is SoCal. Just saying. Yeah, it is for us, that's for sure. I'm just saying. So let me take you over to an article that talked about a child, a mother, and a character meet and greet. So what is that? What do you think it happens a couple hundred times a day? Probably maybe even more than a thousand times a day. Kids meet characters. Well, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> that's what happens at the parks, right? You, you enter through the gates, boosh, you're hit up with uh, actually. I was hit up with Pluto as soon as I entered Main Street, USA, to be honest with you. Um, all right, so here's the story, and it actually involves Pluto, so it involves a dog. We have a mother who's claiming that Pluto hurt her son. And this video was posted up online, and you have a child talking to the camera with his lower lip out and his big old eyes. The camera's positioned, like, kind of above him, you know, sort of like when you take a selfie. It's kind right. of above you, so the kid's looking up, and he's rocking back and forth, and you have the mother. You can tell it's obviously coached. What did Pluto do? He hurt me. Oh, really? How'd he hurt you? Oh, he hurt me. He hurt my back. I'm so... Was the kid dressed as a mailman? Was he dressed as a mailman? And... <laughs> I'm just saying, dude. Okay, so we have Pluto. I saw the video. He did. He picked up the kid. He coddled him. He swung him back and forth. It, did, it looked completely harmless looked completely harmless i bet pluto does that a million times a day really probably, probably 999,000 times a day i might yeah. be exaggerating anywho it looks completely harmless in the video they even showed a slow-mo of it but at the very end they had this kid who looks clearly coached by his mother saying that pluto hurt him you saw the video we watched it together what do you think is this just a video of a woman trying to get money from disney or just stir the pot the best part of that video is where they did put it in slow-mo and, and Pluto lifts the kid up and they put, they put this sound. I don't know if it was actual sound from the video in slow-mo. Oh, yeah, the they put it in where it's like, like it's like the, the guy's like picking him up like he's a weightlifter. Like Pluto's picking this kid up as a weightlifter. Oh, I know. But and I don't know if that was the actual video posted by the mother or someone who, you know, edited it. But uh, a funny story regardless, man. I can't believe yet someone is just – how wrong, you know? Yeah, really? that's I mean, the kid silly. wasn't hurt. You, you, no. you, could, you could see him in a merchandise store. He's probably in the next souvenir shop because it looked like he was in one of the souvenir shops. Mm-hmm. And the kid's actually rocking back and forth, and he looks completely fine. Let me tell you, we went to Chef Mickey's uh, back in 2010, and when Donald came up to talk, talk to my daughter, he whacked her twice with his beak. And she and he had no idea, and she was like, "Oh, she had mark on her head and everything." But I would, did not stoop to be the uh, the YouTube coach my daughter. Oh, Donald hit me with his beak. <laughs> right. All right. So people have been complaining for quite a while, Dave, that something needs to be done with Walt Disney World and all the various 
locations with Hollywood Studios, Animal Kingdom, Epcot, especially Epcot. Uh, you know, they're making some upgrades to Animal Kingdom, which is cool, with the new addition of Avatar Land and some new additions in Epcot. But, uh, you know, people are getting uh, pretty upset that uh, Disney is spending 400 to $500 million on a new land out in Tokyo. And not much is really being done over here in the United States. Now, I have to say, there is a lot going on over here in the United States. I mean, for crying out loud, you have a new Avatar land that's being built that looks completely, utterly just freaking amazing. I, I've seen the uh, concept art, and I've seen what the Imagineers ha have actually done already by walking on the ground, you know, and showing you how it will highlight and track your steps with the neon colors and how it glows and the iridescent stuff. And it looks completely amazing. And what they want to do in Hollywood Studios and bring in that Star Wars land, yeah, uh, I think they are doing a lot of changes here in the United States. But what do you think, Dave? Of Disney spending four to five hundred million dollars in some other country. Well, I mean, if if that's what they need to do to keep their park going, that's what they need to do. You know, like if, if they needed to pump four hundred million dollars into the to the projects here in Florida or in California, they probably would do that. But I mean, you just see they they just completed a huge expansion of Fantasyland, and I don't know how much that cost, but I bet it wasn't cheap. You bring up a very good point. You're absolutely right, which brought I mean, some new blood into the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, definitely. And then you, I mean, you, you go back to what we were just talking about with California Adventure. They just re, redid that park not too long ago either. Um, yeah, and they're constantly rehabbing and constantly adding. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think that they're spreading the money around evenly. I, you know, do we want to see the American money go out to the to the foreign countries? No, but I mean, that's the way it is. I'll be honest. I, I don't. I mean, I see where this article is coming from. I would rather have that money spent here. But I understand. I get it. And, and honestly, when it all comes down to it, people, it's really all about the money. It That's really, right. It really is. Um, you know, okay, so if Cars Land was over in Japan, would you go? I bet that that's what Disney's banking on, that people, you know, they put that $400 million to that so that people will go. You know, I don't know if I would personally go because you haven't noticed school teachers don't make that much money. But, um, I mean, there's plenty of people out there that would, if they really liked Cars and it was in Tokyo, they'd go. Yeah, you know, speaking of teachers not making much money but yet have a passion for Disney, I do want to thank one of my students, Emmers, for giving me a gift card to Walt <laughs> Disney World this year. So, again, Emmers, if you're listening, oh, my gosh, I thank you so much. That was the best gift ever. So then, yeah, I want to bring up another topic that was kind of mentioned in the one we just talked about, Nick, which is the Avatar Land. I saw a lot on Disboards about how uh, people seem to think that Disney's kicking themselves for doing this Avatar Land project. Knowing that Luke, they didn't know at the time of, of purchase that Lucas Films was going to be sold to them, and people thought that if they would have known that Lucas was selling to them, that they would have never done Avatar Land. They would have just put their efforts into something else that was a Lucas Films project. You know, I'll tell you what I think about that, Dave. You have to take both. You have to, because Animal Kingdom needed something. Animal Kingdom needed new blood. But let's face it. I mean, that place is a, a ghost town because it shuts its doors, what, like at 4 o'clock or even before? Yeah. I, what's an Animal Kingdom besides Safari and Mount or the Everest roller coaster ride and uh, Dinosaur? I, nothing. I don't know. So, I mean, yeah, you, you go there we in the plan on, we, my, plan, my family plans on leaving there by lunchtime. Yeah, and, so, and, and a million other families as well. And it needed something. It needed something to make it an all-day park. 
So good on Disney for, for figuring that out and taking something pretty cool, which is Avatar Land, which is going to be simply amazing at night, guys. And, you know, out in Hollywood Studios, yes, take on Star Wars. Bring that because that's what people want. Star Wars. Build the land surrounding Star Wars. So I say take them both. Don't just choose one. Have your cake and eat it too. Yeah, and there's your $400 million right there between those two things. And then exactly. also... Also with that, like even if they didn't do Avatar Land, is there a, really a Lucasfilm that would lend itself to fit into the whole Animal Kingdom project? Like the theme of Animal Kingdom? Indiana Jones. Um, I mean, he's an explorer and all, but I don't know if he's Animal Kingdom. You know, Animal Kingdom is, is all about the animals, so Avatar Land. So I'm going to take us over to Epcot, Dave. And there's an article out there on the internet, and there's an actual poll, and this is what it states. Would you advocate Epcot's independence from Disney World? Yes or no, or undecided. 6.9% said yes, succeed from Disney World. 88.6% said no, I don't want to see Epcot independent from Disney World. And they had, what, 4.5% that were undecided. But here's the deal. Who takes a poll and says undecided? (laughs) What are you talking about? A poll always has undecided. <laughs> yeah, but that's about the dumbest thing I ever heard. So, anywho, you know, you have a lot of people upset that Epcot really isn't expanding at the rate that it should. They're making changes. Um, I think they're expanding quite nicely, to be to be honest with you. They've added a lot. So here, Here's the argument. It's not really expanding for the actual intent that it was set out to be, and they're putting in too many rides, too many kid rides. Epcot was supposed to be a land with the latest and greatest technology, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what it's all about. And to showcase that. And uh, apparently there's a big fan base out there that says that Disney really isn't uh, sticking to their guns here and providing a product uh, true to what it was set out to be. And so there's a poll out there, does Epcot need to succeed from Disney World? I say no, Dave, because that would completely, utterly ruin Disney World, especially with uh, you know people who buy park hopper passes and things like that. If they succeeded and were an independent park, they wouldn't generate the revenue or money. I don't think you know competing with Universal and the rest of Disney World, it just wouldn't happen. This is a ridiculous uh, poll in, in my mind. But what do you think? Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you because one. How can you succeed from something that's got the monorail running from place to place? First of all, it's right smack in the middle of the property of the Magic or of the Disney Complex in Florida, and then also it's like they had that. Epcot was totally nothing but the experience that was intended at the beginning of its days, and then what we found from that was that nobody went there because all it was was an attraction for an adult, and and when it go, when adults are there, they take their kids with them so then the kids ended up being drug around this park all day with nothing to do so they had to add those rides just to have something for the kids to do while they're there totally agree and for the record you know texas has been trying to succeed from the union for years and i'm sure they have trains and roads that lead into texas and they would fail just like epcot would you think if they seceded from the united states yes texas Yes, dude. <laughs> yeah. Only thing that comes from Texas is steers and queers, and That's I don't see right. no horns on your head. <laughs> I, think, yeah, I think Texas, uh, your eyes are bigger than your stomach. All right, so moving along. 
Okay, Nick, so we've talked about this in previous episodes before. We've talked about the new restaurant that could be the Jungle Cruise restaurant that they're talking about building here. Yeah, and we had some nice suggestions on what they should do for entertainment inside that restaurant. Yeah, definitely. Well, apparently it's been posted that it has a name, this restaurant, called the Skipper's Cantina. Okay, awesome, the Skipper's Cantina, and I believe we did mention that, correct? Yeah, I think we may have. We'll have to go back to the tape on that one. But there, there's rumors out there that it's going to open as soon as this fall. So we'll just miss it on our summer plans, but uh, keep looking for that because there's been some suspicious activity going through that area, you know, with the uh, swapping of those two restaurants with the Dole Whip and the Citrus Swirl. And uh, there's been some kitchen equipment being moved around and some some restaurants in that vicinity closing down as well for the, uh, you know, the normal refurb. But is it really the normal refurb? Uh, so just keep keep in mind that, that rumors are swirling about this new restaurant, and that the name out there now is called the Skipper's Cantina. Yeah, man, they are moving fast on that if they're going to open that up this fall. If for those of you who complain all the time that Disney doesn't move fast on anything, uh, this restaurant, man, wow, they're moving pretty, pretty quick. You heard it here first, bro. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to take you over to an article that I read. Uh about John Lasseter. Let's do a little Pixar, shall we? Yeah, John Lasseter's the king. Oh, dude, that guy rocks. Okay, okay so- let me do a side note. Let me do a side note on that first. Uh, speaking of Cars Land earlier, and they were talking about, there were some people online just dogging Cars Land about how, um, you know, once it, it's great, except the only attraction there is the Radiator Racers. And they just talked about how big of a flop the uh, Luigi's Tires ride was, which I think has already been taken out. Um, but there were people online just dog and the Luigi's Tires ride, and they said it was nobody wanted to do that ride except John Lasseter. It was all his idea. <laughs> really? Yeah, and so, it flopped. Wow, that's pretty interesting. I wonder how many other ideas he has actually had in the Pixar world that has flopped. Yeah, but I, everything he touches turns to gold, so go ahead. Right, all right, except for that ride. <laughs> all right, yeah. so he went on to tell us the lineup for Pixar cartoons coming out. So, you know, we, we've talked about Finding Dory, how they're coming out with Finding Dory. Can't wait. I can't wait either. He mentioned a Toy Story 4, which really? I yeah, which I think is pretty cool. I love the Toy Story series. A lot of people say, man, just stop with the Toy Story series. You've made one through three. They keep getting worse. I disagree. I think they've gotten much better with each release. What do you think? I think they've all been great. And just, I mean, just the fact that you can do three three shows and then be equally good is just, a, you know, that's a testimonial right there. Oh, I think they just keep getting better and better. Two was definitely better than one. Three was definitely better than two and one. I can't wait for four. I hope it's going to be better than all of them. So we have Finding Dory. We have Toy Story 4. We have uh, Zootopia that's coming out. And we also have The Good Dinosaur which is coming out now the good dinosaur is about a dinosaur who loses his father and falls into a river and wakes up far far away from home so that's the storyline of that and i'm looking at his picture right now this this dinosaur just looks funny looking at him he looks hilarious so i i I just i can't wait uh to see this film is it the dinosaur from toy story no it is not this is a goofy looking (laughs) dinosaur man and when he and when he falls into the water or does he need Dory? <laughs> you know what? Isn't it the isn't the whole Pixar uh, theory? Doesn't that all take place on the same timeline or something like that? 
Yeah, and you know we've talked, you and I have talked about how they always sneak other characters from the Pixar films in their shows. So uh, look for that in these new movies because I guarantee you they'll do it again. And I think that's pretty cool. Oh, I want to go back to the last Pixar film and see what's in there with these new ones, like you know Zootopia and, and the dinosaur movie. Yeah. Um, you know the good dinosaur, uh, as it's called. Uh, Zootopia. Okay. The movie takes place in the city. Uh, where there's no humans. It's just animals, Dave. And they walk and they talk uh, just like humans, which I thought it sounded pretty cool, you know? Um, so the main character uh, is framed for a crime that he didn't commit. And he goes on and uh, runs and tries to evade the Zootopia's uh, apparently best cop, and he's a rabbit named Hops, which, which I th- find is kind of funny. And so you can pretty much just guess the storyline already from what I've just told you about Zootopia. But it looks kind of cool, man. So those are just a few uh, films that John Lasseter came out and said that they're going to be coming out with in the next few years. Pretty neat, man. I'm going to look forward to all of them. Huge, huge, huge Pixar John Lasseter fan. So that's all I have for you, Dave, today. That's it for the news and rumors for this week's episode. Listeners, thank you so much for listening, and tune in next week. Remember to contact us, give us an email, shoot us a text. We definitely want to hear from you. See ya. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.